Hey, thanks for downloading the podcast. And remember, if you want to listen live, download the iHeartRadio app, download the TuneIn app, and just search for Fantasy Sports Radio Network, and you can listen to this program live. Also, if you want to watch the video of this podcast, check us out on YouTube, on Twitch, or on Periscope, and type in, you guessed it, Fantasy Sports Network. You'll find us there. Enjoy the show, and thanks for listening. You're listening to the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. It's time to play! Full-time fantasy. Full-time fantasy. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. I am Adam Ronis, solo here for the final hour, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern here on a Friday afternoon as we get set for the holiday weekend, and you could check me out on Twitter at Adam Ronis, on the gram at Aaron88, and follow all my work, fulltimefantasy.com. Got the look at the Fantasy Baseball Stock Watch. Three players on the rise with their stock up, three players with their stock down, and you could see what to do with them as well. Uh, names like Daniel Murphy, Frankie Montas, Miguel Sano. So sometimes uh, just because someone's stock is up doesn't mean that you hold on to them. Maybe it's time to sell. And also at the same time, if someone is with their stock down, maybe it's an opportunity to buy low because uh, things could turn around. And maybe there's a reason for why their stock is down. We also have the uh, training camp questions. Dr. Otto takes a look at the Buffalo Bills. And our in-depth team outlooks from Sean Childs continue as uh, he has a look at the Houston Texans. We got our Speedway Fantasy picks for the 2019 Coca-Cola 600 at the Charlotte Motor Speedway, so you can check that out as well. And, of course, DFS picks for MLB, including the Optimizer, Slack Chat, and Optimizer as well. And if you have any specific questions, you could ask them on the message boards and the forums uh, anytime you want, and you'll get an answer, whether it's who to pick up, who to drop, trades strategy whatever it is we've got you covered uh we have sean childs from fulltimefantasy.com coming up at 3 20 p.m eastern he's one of the top high stakes players around so we'll talk to him about baseball and uh also don't forget if you want to get in a draft right now head on over to playffwc.com we got a starter best ball draft 24 rounds 90 second clock uh, 9 p.m eastern tonight uh, we have a draft and go slow basketball draft, four hour clock, 28 rounds, five spots left. It'll start when it's full. A new dynasty startup kicking off Saturday, 9 a.m. Eastern. That's a six hour clock. So you could sign up for that. And uh, we also have uh, an online slow draft going on right now. It just kicked off today. It's uh, the online championship, uh, six hour clock. And we already have uh, uh, most of the first round is done. So I'll just give you some of those picks so you can. Uh, See what we got. Uh, Saquon Barkley went number one. Christian McCaffrey went number two. Ezekiel Elliott went number three. Alvin Kamara went number four. Devontae Adams went number five. DeAndre Hopkins, six. Melvin Gordon, seven. David Johnson, eight. Joe Mixon went number nine. And Michael Thomas went number 10. So uh, that draft is underway. And if you want to get involved, head on over. PlayFFWC.com right now. And you could... See different price points, different formats, basketball, online championship, and it's made madness as well. So still uh, 
few days left. May 24th, got seven, eight days left to get in your deposit of 200 bucks. And if you uh, put it down, you'll be entered into a drawing for a potential free uh, world championship entry worth seventeen ninety five. So check it out now. All you got to do is go to playffwc.com. You'll see it there. It says uh, World Championships Live in Vegas, World Championship Online, $200 deposit. And uh, you don't have to worry. You can choose the day and time later on. You don't need to do that now. So you have the flexibility there. One game going on this afternoon. After three innings, the Chicago Cubs lead the Reds four to nothing. Anthony Rizzo just hit his 14th home run right after Chris Bryant hit his 12th a two-run shot, and Kyle Schwarber led off the bottom of the first with his eighth home run for the Cubs. So Cubs uh, top three in the order today, all going yard. Uh, the Reds have been set down uh, in order so far as Kyle Hendrick has thrown three scoreless innings and struck out four, needing just 38 pitches, 28 for strikes. His ERA is down to 305. So uh, Anthony DiSclafani on the mound for the Reds, and he's a guy I like, like in certain spots. He had a good two-start week a couple weeks ago, and I used him. Then I saw he had the Dodgers last week. I said, no, nope, time to cut him. That's in a 12-team league. This week, too, uh, wouldn't have used him against Chicago. Uh, three innings, three hits, four runs, a walk, two Ks, three home runs. He's been prone to the home run ball. Uh, so when the weather is conducive for home runs at Wrigley, it's going to be a bad spot for him. So Cubs lead this one 4 to nothing. Uh, the Phillies have activated Vince Velasquez from the injured list, so he's available to pitch in relief uh, this weekend. But there's a chance that he could join the rotation on Tuesday. Now this is something to really keep an eye on, especially for Fab this weekend, because if Velasquez has to be used especially Saturday or Sunday, and, you know, it's more than one inning, that would tip the hand and say, okay, it could be Nick Pavetta to start on Tuesday because that's what the Phillies had said, that it's either going to be Vince Velasquez or Nick Pavetta to pitch on Tuesday. And, you know, Pavetta's been in the minor leagues, hasn't been great, the walks are still high, but we know he's certainly capable of racking up the strikeouts, and we've seen guys go down in the minor leagues, come back up, and turn it around. So we'll see. Uh, what the Phillies do in that one. The Padres have called up Josh Naylor. Uh, he had good numbers in the minor leagues. He was hitting 299 with a 378 on base percentage and a 538 slugging percentage with 10 homers, 35 RBIs, and 24 strikeouts, 24 walks. Uh, now, I don't know if he's going to be up for long. The Padres play six games in a row in an American League park. So that would give him an opportunity to be the DH, and they might send him down right after that uh, because I don't know where he's going to play. Uh, first base, obviously, you got Eric Cosmer, who they're paying a ton of money to, and he's actually been pretty good lately. And in the outfield, they're still kind of crowded as well uh, with Hunter Renfro, Manny Margot, Will Myers, and Fran Reyes. So this might be more of a short-term thing. So I wouldn't be rushing to, to pick him up on Fab this weekend because – just don't know if there's going to be a, a long-term opportunity for him. Uh, by the way, with the Reds, Yasiel Puig is back in the lineup today. Uh, he hurt his shoulder on Sunday, did not play Tuesday or Wednesday. And, again, it was easy to see in a weekly league where you couldn't make changes. Uh, you had to sit him. You know, and I mentioned it on Monday. You know, I have Yasiel Puig in Tout Wars, and we can't make changes in the middle of the week unless it's activating a player off the injured list, and Puig wasn't on the IL. But I looked at it and said, okay, He's 
got a five-game week, which already sucks to begin with, and then he's probably not going to play Tuesday coming off an injury, and then Wednesday he might not play. So do I want to risk a three- or four-game week? Didn't want to do it, benched him. So uh, I think it was the right call for a lot of people that had to do that. Corey Dickerson's going to begin a rehab assignment with Triple H today. Uh, certainly worth keeping an eye on uh, to see, you know, could hurt a guy like Melky Cabrera, who's played well. And, you know, you got Gregory Polanco, Starling Marte. Those guys are pretty much going to play every day. Uh, just a note here on Forrest Whitley, because a lot of people have kind of been hoping that he comes up at some point soon. But, man, he is really struggling in the minor leagues. We talked about it last week, and it continued yesterday. He allowed seven runs in two innings at AAA Round Rock. So, walked three, struck out just one. He allowed two home runs now. It is a very tough park in the PCL and in AAA this year. They are using the same baseball that they are in the majors, so obviously that's going to even account for more home runs. But Whitley has a 12.21 ERA in eight games over five starts. Uh, he's allowed nine home runs, 29 strikeouts, 15 walks. So it's, it's going to take several good starts before he gets to call up. I know a lot of people are stashing him. We've talked about Kyle Tucker. He's on fire right now, man. Three for three with a home run and a walk yesterday. And he's got 13 home runs on the year. He was doing nothing in April. And now all of a sudden his line's up to 266, 347, 604. He also has eight stolen bases. So certainly looks like Tucker has found his groove. And uh, we'll see whether he or Jordan Alvarez gets the call. I know people are going to be sitting back with that money. Hoping to get one of them if they're still available in your league. Uh, certainly, I'm hoping maybe to get one uh, of them because I do have, at least in one league, some money available. Uh, the Diamondbacks are expected to call up uh, Kevin Crone before today's game. Crone has been tearing it up in the minor leagues. He leads all minor leaguers in home runs with 21. He's driven in 62. 339 average, 437 OBP, and an 800 slugging in Arizona. Has been struggling a little bit offensively. You know, David Peralta's a little banged up. We're interested to see if he goes on the injured list. He's got the, a shoulder and a trap. He's been in and out of the lineup lately. Christian Walker has really been struggling. You know, I picked him up in a 12-team league and actually cut him last week. Uh, you know, there's a little bit more options in the 12-team league. 15-team league, much more difficult. But uh, he's his last 15 games... Christian Walker's batting 148, 233 OBP, and a 259 slugging percentage, and he struck out 36.7% of the time. So, you know, we always wondered, okay, here's an opportunity. He never really got it. He's doing well. But at the same time, uh, sometimes the more pitchers see you, you see a reason why sometimes these guys don't get that much of an opportunity uh, as the flaws are, are, are coming in. Now it's up to Walker to adjust, but Crone could get some time at first base. So he's a guy that I think some people might pick up this weekend as well. Jimmy Nelson had been pitching well in his rehab, but he had a uh, bad start yesterday at AAA. Five hits, four runs over four and two-thirds innings. He did get six strikeouts and three walks. And uh, he was pitching well for the first four innings and then uh, lost a little bit in the fifth inning. Uh, and it was against the Astros. Kyle Tucker, homer off him. So not, not, no shame there. Uh, and he had 87 pitches, so there is a chance that his next start could come at the major league level. And he might be sitting out there on the waiver wire. And Nelson, when he was healthy a couple years ago, was really good. And, you know, he's on a good Brewers team. You do worry about the park a little bit, but certainly with pitching being 
so scarce and so difficult to get. He is someone that you want to look at. To me, the biggest story last night uh, was Lucas Giolito. And, man, was he dominant yesterday. And I'm telling you, I think a lot of people had him on the bench because he was going up against the Astros. Now, the leagues I used him were 15-team leagues. So if you want to say, oh, you are not ballsy, you had to start him in a 15-team league, sure, you could say that. But he's just been pitching too well. And we never like to start our pitchers against the Astros. You know, that's one of the teams where you really don't want to start them. But they didn't have Springer. They didn't have Altuve. Still a scary lineup, don't get me wrong. But uh, I decided, and, you know, going into the week, we weren't sure about Springer. We knew he was banged up. But uh, I left Giolito in there. I'm just glad that I picked him up several weeks ago. And, you know, you always take a shot on these guys when they're cheap. See, the problem is over the last week or two, if he was available, he was going to cost you money. Uh, that's why it's always good. Take a shot with these cheap guys, you know, a few bucks before if you just see something. And then um, you can, uh, if they suck, you could just cut them at a short uh, loss. Uh, but Giolito was just ridiculous yesterday. A complete game shutout. He struck out nine, only four singles, a walk. And, you know, it's been several starts now. I mean, he's had four excellent starts in a row. His last 28 and a third innings, he's allowed just two runs. He's 6-1 with a 2.770 array, a 1.06 whip, 59 strikeouts, 19 walks, and 52 innings. And we talked about it a little bit in the first hour, but, you know, the reason why I picked up Giolito when I, Giolito when I did is I saw the velocity was up, I saw the change that looked a lot better, and he did have some favorable matchups. But you know what? That's going to happen pitching in the American League Central. He's going to face some poor offenses. And he's taking advantage of it. You know, his first start of the year, we got a glimpse of it against Kansas City. Six and two-thirds, three hits, two runs, uh, one walk and eight case. And, you know, we probably said, oh, it's Kansas City. Let me see it again. Next start against Seattle, four and a third, six hits, five earned runs, four walks, four Ks. Okay. And Seattle was red hot back then. Then he went against the Yankees at Yankee Stadium. He wasn't good. Five innings, six hits, six runs, four of them earned, four walks, six Ks. And everyone's like, okay, here we go again. Then I think it was, oh, yeah, it was against Kansas City. Two and two-thirds of scoreless innings, five Ks. He was pitching well, and he hurt his hammy. He left the game. And then uh, he went on the injured list. If I'm not mistaken, I think he did because he didn't start till May 2nd. Yeah, he did go on the injured list. And I remember he had a two-start week. Wait, what, did he have a two-star week? Because May 2nd, I, I got to look at my calendar. Because I remember that, no, okay, he didn't have a two-star week, but – what happened was, so he came back against the Red Sox on May 2nd, and then then he had a two-star week the following week. So I was like, all right, we got to get him. I think I got him the week before, right after he got hurt, picked him up uh, when he was scheduled to come back. I think the first week he was going to come back, it looked like he was going to have a two-star week, and they pushed him back a couple days. He wound up going against Boston, and it was a decent start against Boston. Five innings, seven minutes, three runs, two walks, seven Ks. That's when I picked him up. And then he had a two-start week. Uh, his first start against Cleveland, seven and a third scoreless innings, three hits, eight Ks. Then another good start in Toronto. So I like the matchup. So I'm like, all right, it's at Cleveland. It's at Toronto. He's been showing some signs. Uh, get him in there. And he's been in the lineup ever since. You know, his last start before this one against Toronto was okay. Oh, was rain. That was a, a rain short outing. That's what it was. Five innings, three hits, a run, two walks, four Ks. And the game was stopped because of rain, and he got the win. And I was just happy he went five. But, man. He's been terrific. So if he's available, I think even in 10 and 12 team leagues, man, you got to get him. The guy has a pedigree. 
and he's pitching very well. You know, this, this guy was a highly touted prospect for a reason. So I'd pick him up in all leagues if he's available. I can't imagine he's available in 15-team leagues. So I'm just happy I got him in a couple leagues. And it's just another example of how you just never give up with a guy that has a, a prospect pedigree. And we know a lot of guys taken in the first round, second round are going to suck and fail. But, you know, he's still only 24 years old, and he's finally putting it together. Uh, the Reds have scored. Yasiel Puig with an RBI single to center field off Kyle Hendricks. So that puts the Reds within 4-1. to one. And Derek Dietrich just walked to load the bases. So Kyle Hendricks running into some trouble here in the fourth inning uh, as the bases are now loaded with two outs. So we'll keep you posted on that game, get you some updates. But when we return, I'll be joined by Sean Childs, FullTimeFantasy.com, also one of the top high stack players around. We'll talk to him about some fantasy baseball. When we return, it is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports, and you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid. Open your new account and claim your free wager of up to $500 today. The following ad contains shocking material. Listener discretion is advised. Is someone in your family playing a dangerous game of Russian roulette? Over 43,000 people die a year from drug overdose. 120 people a day. Five people every hour. One person every 12 minutes. 88,000 people die every year from alcohol abuse. Over 240 people a day, 10 an hour, one person every six minutes. Somebody you know may be next. Learn how to help someone you love get away from the drugs, alcohol, and bad influences. With the FMLA, people can take a leave of absence from their job and still keep it. Call now and learn how we can help you. 866-484-9621 866-484-9621 That's 866-484-9621 DailyRoto.com Learn from the game's best DFS players. We don't just give you premier advice. We play every day. All major sports, all year round, we never stop. Industry-leading DFS tools and custom projections. And now, the DailyRoto.com Optimizer. In minutes, build an optimized lineup for cash games and tourneys. Learn from the game's best DFS players. Join DailyRoto.com. It is full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here on a Friday afternoon, taking you until 4 p.m. Eastern. Don't forget, check out FullTimeFantasy.com. Got the in-depth team outlooks from the NFL perspective from Sean Childs. Got my baseball stock watch up. Sean will have his waiver wire article for baseball this week, and I'll have my two-star pitcher article as well sometime tomorrow. So check us out, FullTimeFantasy.com. Joining me now... It is Sean Childs from FullTimeFantasy.com. Sean, what's going on? Uh, just another day at the office. That's right. Busy time, man. Prepping for football. Still working the waiver wire in baseball. How did the uh, big weekend in Fab go for you last week uh, for fantasy baseball in the high stakes leagues? Uh, I didn't. I wasn't aggressive for any of the top players. Uh, I ended up um, t- going for the 
the uh, Oscar Mercedes for Cleveland and a couple just for a lower value. Maybe maybe use and get a little more playing time and you know have some speed just to you know uh, he was the only player I ended up getting. But I I, I couldn't commit to uh, you know the big dollar thing based on it. Riley Austin you know Austin Riley was the only one I would have been interested in it, but I didn't have the money to push for him and I didn't really have the exact need to 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 make a play for him. It looks like a lot of people are really low on fab money now. Uh, one of my NFBC auction leagues, like the top three teams, all have $110 or fewer. Are you noticing that in your leagues too, that a lot of people very low on fab right now, especially because of last weekend? Yeah, I was thinking that one of my pay attention is that Platinum League, and uh, I think you have like $312 left. And I think, is, I think you know, because they have to bid on their spots for their um, draft order in that one, so they spent some money early. But I think $400 is probably 13 teams have that much or less. So, you know, you would think, you know, that's not much money this time of year for a big dollar league like that, but it's not a bad position to be in, but you just got to, you know, reevaluate when you bid on players, not to bid the same as you would in another league because, you know, people have a lot more money. Yeah, and that's something I mentioned earlier. It's very important now to kind of look and see what everyone has because that will – influence a little bit of your bids uh, especially if some of these prospects come up and we do have a few coming up this week and not from the Astros yet everyone's waiting on Kyle Tucker and Jordan Alvarez they're still in the minor leagues but Kayvon Biggio the son of Craig Biggio is getting the call it's official they have purchased this contract pretty good numbers at the minor league level and he could play a lot of positions uh, as well uh, how aggressive should people be with Biggio this weekend do you think he sticks and what kind of numbers can we expect from him yeah, I think he's, you know, skill set, you know, if he had a full season, he'd be like a 20, 80, 20 player with the bat, bat and average as a game in, in, in the majors, which would be probably be closer to neutral, but I like his upside and I think he's going to be pretty productive out of the gate. So uh, if you need a little bit of speed and a little bit of power at second base, I think he's a, you know, a natural fit. Um, I would probably rate him a little higher than the, the Milwaukee uh, second baseman that got called up last week, just because I expect him to get a better chance to play every day. You know, a shot. You know, you don't know what's going to happen over there. So I, I would definitely spend a couple hundred dollars if I had a weakness at second, and even if I had a questionable guy, I might still try to take a shot just to, you know, kind of at least put him on my bench and see if I can rotate him in. You know, Doc asked this question earlier, and he's like, "Do you bid for a couple of these prospects that come up this weekend, or do you wait for and save your money for Jordan Alvarez or Kyle Tucker?" I mean, the thing is, we just don't know where they're going to get called up, so. I think everyone wants those guys, and they're in Houston. They're crushing the minor leagues. Uh, so what do you do in that situation if you feel like, all right, maybe they'll get called up. Do I just sit back and hold the money? Or do you say, I don't know when they're going to get called up, and Biggio's up now, and I know he's going to play, so i got to get this guy now. I think it comes out of team structure. Um, on my teams, I've actually held Tucker the whole time. I've drafted and held him, and my main events in the NFBC – uh, maybe a couple of 12 teams. I don't have them in the, the high dollar leagues, but and then I have the shed on every team, and I think the shed's going to come quickly as well because I think thought he was making a little bit of progress early in the week, where you know his injury was on the left hand compared to um, Trey Turner's on his right hand. So I think you know he might be back up in like three weeks or so in the middle of June if he hits the field in the next you know ten days. So I the shed would be the most attractive player because of the speed factor and you know what he can do for you know batting average, but you know it, you know the Houston. Um, Alvarez guy is going to be the one that's going to draw the most money based on what he's doing, you know, and things. So it's just, uh, you know, matter what you need and how you position the team. But I mean, those players, they're still good players coming up. And you just, uh, you know, you got to fire when you can. And people fired last week. Yeah, people 
fired O'Reilly, they're pretty happy right now. If they fired on Calhoun, not as happy with him going no. to the injury list, but that's just kind of some some bad luck there. Talking to Sean Child, you can find all his work, fulltimefantasy.com. Uh, looks like the Phillies haven't decided on who's going to start on Tuesday. They did activate Vince Velasquez from the injured list, and they're saying he could pitch in relief this weekend, but there's also the possibility that Nick Pavetta could get that start. He's been pitching at AAA. If Pavetta's available in your league and you think he might get the call, is he someone you would add? He obviously was drafted very high this year, disappointed, uh, but we know that he can get a ton of strikeouts. Is he someone you would be interested in if he's on the waiver wire? I'd be, I mean, I'd be more interested in a 15-team league than a 12-teamer. I mean, even at AAA, I mean, his walks were kind of high for what he did. You know, he had 20 walks and 37 innings. So, you know, he he looks good. He's tempting. You know, he gets all does all the numbers. But, you know, in the majors, you know, it just seems like he had those disaster outings that kind of, you know, crushed his stats. So I, I know he has talent and he has possibly upside. But, you know, I would temper my expectations. But in a 15-team league, there isn't that many – you know, quality arms in the free agent pool, so you got to take a shot when you can. So more of a 15-team play for me than a, than a 12-team or even, you know, smaller league. How about a guy like Kevin Crone? He's going to get the call for the Diamondbacks. He was leading all minor leaguers in home runs with 21, and Christian Walker has been struggling, so there's some thought that he could get some time at first base, and we all know if a guy starts to hit, they'll stick. So uh, what about Kevin Crone this weekend in Fab? Yeah, I mean, you know, he, he, I mean, it's tough to dismiss what he's done so far at, at AAA, and he had some experience last year, you know, 20-something homers and, you know, hit 300 and almost 100 RBI. So his resume is pretty attractive. Um, the first base job is, you know, looks like he could grab it. You know, he is an older prospect, so, you know, he's he's not a lot, especially with, with Jake Lamb comes back and, you know, pushes his way somehow in the field. But, um, you know, he he looks really well, uh, really good based on his uh, approach, and you know he's that he should get a legitimate chance to prove his worth. You know with with Arizona closers, not many available right now, but it looks like Scott Oberg for the Rockies is going to close while Wade Davis is on the injured list. He's walked quite a few, not a ton of strikeouts. ERA and WHIP look good, but when you look at the underlying numbers, they're not great. There's always teams though that are in dire need of saves, so. In your leagues, will you be aggressive on Allberg? Are you worried that he'll he'll lose the job? Uh, what's your outlook there when you're tackling the Rockies' closer position this week in Fab? I thought the Carlo Estevez guy was better positioned to have success, but he got lit up in his last outing, so he took it took his name out of the equation at least for now. So, uh, Allberg, I mean, I, I I can't spend a lot of money because you know he does have disaster based on his walks, but you know we. You, if you can get a couple of weeks out of him, and you can get you know two or three saves, you know, or, you know, in one week, and maybe you know another one another week, you know, at least helps a little bit and bridges the gap till you find somebody else. So um, I'm not too excited about him, but I, I would take him. And if I had Wade Davis, I would probably just look for him to cover him. How about Tyler Molly? I know obviously in a 15 team leagues he's already owned, but in other leagues he could be out there. He's got a 3.51 ERA. 54 strikeouts and 51 in the third innings. I know lefties still give him trouble, and he's pitching in Cincinnati, but oh, what's your outlook for Molly the rest of the year? Uh, I'm pretty bullish on him. I, I drafted him in, in a few spots. I mean, I don't obviously don't like that he only has one win in his nine starts, but, um, I, you know, I like what he's doing. And best of all, you know, he's, he's walked away down from head to last year, and he did struggle with home runs. So he's cleared up a couple of issues. Pitches in a, you know, hitter's ballpark, but, you know, he. 
he shut down the Dodgers who were hitting the ball pretty well in a couple games ago. So the direction is pretty good. And uh, so he, I, I think, you know, he should be positioned to have a pretty good season going forward. For the Braves, Luke Jackson has done a nice job as the closer so far. He did blow a game the other day, but he came back in yesterday through two scoreless innings. We saw Sean Newcomb get a save the other day. Then yesterday he came in in the seventh inning. If Newcomb's available, would you pick him up thinking that maybe there's still a shot that he could close at some point? I still would be fearful. I mean, when we get up another week and then we'll, Kimbrell will end up on a team and there's a good chance he could end up on the Braves. Um, so I wouldn't, you know, I know he got a save and he's pitched decent, and uh, but I wouldn't go crazy if you think he's going to close because, you know, I, I, I think if Kimbrell – He's going to land somewhere. I, I think he's going to end up on the Braves, but you know I could be wrong on that situation. Maybe you know maybe he fits you know with the Twins based on you know them having more success. You know, but you know if Lucas is available and he, you know in a lot of fifteen team leagues, in twelve teamers, I'm sure he is. Um, I would put him on my roster because he could actually, if he doesn't close, he could get a chance to move back in the starting rotation if they you know had an injury or somebody had a, you know struggled and had a step backwards. So. Uh, I, I'm holding Newcomb in a couple of 15-team leagues, but I don't have him in 12-teamers right as of now. Frankie Montas with a, another great outing yesterday. He's been one of the better pitchers this year. Probably many people might have picked him up off waivers. Are you buying what he is doing right now? Can Is this sustainable? Maybe not a 2-4 ERA, but can he be a guy that finishes the year with an ERA of 3.5 and, and good strikeout numbers? Yeah, he's clearly made a step forward, and it's, I think it's tied to his command. And you know, keeping you know, he didn't give up a lot of home runs last year, but he's throwing more strikes. And uh, you know, his minor league resume looked like he was going to have some upside, and it just kind of took him a while to get going. So Oakland has a way of finding these kind of pitchers that kind of put it together. And uh, you know, I would expect that he probably would end up you know in the ERA under three and a half, and he's going to trickle back in some of his numbers. But overall. I'd be pretty happy if I ended up with him because I imagine his price point was relatively cheap on draft day or even in the waiver wire. Another pitcher was real cheap who's been definitely outperforming expectations, Jordan Lyles. He's 5-1 and one with a 2-8-1 ERA. Even yesterday, Cruz for five innings wound up giving up sixth in the sixth inning but still got the win. Uh, is this someone that you can count on the rest of the way? I mean, last year he flashed in the bullpen, you know, for San Diego, and he, you know, he looked like he was going to be a guy that could have started last year, but he kind of didn't get it together. He struggled with home runs, but you know, the, the switch to Pittsburgh, it's kind of worked out really well for him. You know, the home runs are, you know, within reason. You know, for you know, for the first fifty innings, and strikeouts are there, and his walks are there, and he's, you know, he's a former, uh, you know, early round draft pick. So, you know, you have to like the direction, and uh, you know, he's he's winning games. He's five and one, so. So far, so good, and you just ride him until you kind of you think he's going to you know trend the other way. But right now, I think he's going to be an asset all year. How worried should Jose Peraza owners be right now? He's not on the lineup today. Derek Dietrich's been hitting very well. Scooter Jeanette could be on the way back. Puig's back today. You know, we saw Peraza play a little outfield when Puig was out. Uh, is it panic time for Peraza owners? No. I mean, he isn't striking out a lot, but, you know, he's not making a lot of hard contact or, or you know, delivering a bunch of other stuff. So, you know, I, he, he, he probably in a 15-team league, you're probably stuck with him. You know, at least push you can push him to the bench for a little while, but you probably wouldn't want to dump him in the free agent pool because, he, you know, he could rebound and he gives you that, you know, you're not going to find too many guys that could steal some bases if he does improve. But uh, 12 teams, 
12 team leagues, you, you kind of have to start searching. I mean, obviously, a, a video would be a, a great cover for him right now out of the gate. So I think, uh, I think if you if you have him on your team, I think you can need to fix it right now and try to hold him if you can. If not, you know you're just going to have to take your chances. You know, where does it come time to forget about name value and look at the, how the guy's actually pitching? And I'm talking about Mike Fulton-Newich because guy's 0-3 with a 6-9-1 ERA. We know he had the breakout year last year, but velocity's down. He's allowing a ton of home runs. You know, where does it come to a point where you say, look, that's not the pitcher I drafted. Something's not right. I can't start him. Yeah, it's, it's got to be frustrating. I mean, the guy you know, has an injury. You hold him all that time. Um, and you're just waiting for him to turn a corner. His whip, you know, when, in comparison to his ERA to whip, his whip's, you know, 1.35. So his ERA should be closer to like 4, you know, 405, you know, something like that. So, you know, there is some, a chance that he's not far off. And, you know, he did make a little bit of progress in the last game other than give up a couple of home runs. But, uh, you know, ideally, you know, you like to see a little bit more and you, and you, you know, like to, to win some games. But I think you got to hang tough with him. And, uh, you know, if he's not, you know, a total disaster over the next couple of starts, you're gonna, you know, you might be able to push him back inside the lineup. But, you know, the, the biggest concern for him is the 10 home runs and the 27 innings. So, but, you know, he, he, was, he was a guy, you, you know, probably was an avoid for me on draft day just because he, you know, he had such a big jump in his uh, skill set, and then he obviously, you know, started the year with it, you know, being injured, so, you know, it's easy, easy to avoid. Talking to Sean Childs, you can find him at fulltimefantasy.com. How surprised are you at what Lucas Giolito is doing, and, you know, when did you kind of realize, okay, you know, there's something different here, and were you able to get him in any of your leagues? I actually drafted him in a couple of main events, and then he, Pitched okay in a start, but then you had that injury, and then you're trying to find a guy to cut. You figure you can get him back, and I cut him, and I didn't go after him. So um, I do. I did pick him up in the NFBCAL auction for a dollar, um, and I <laughs> did have him at least at least two main events that I don't own him on. So uh, it, you know, obviously the uh, April 17th when he pitched two and two third innings, and he came out of the game and didn't come back till May 2nd. You know, that was the uh, turning point of you know you had to get him before that, and but he's. He's got four great starts in a row. He's won four starts in a row, and you know uh, he's he's looking like he's a, you know going to be a really good pitcher going forward. And he kind of had that foundation skill set with just a little bit questions about his command, but you know so far so good. And I think you know he's going to be an asset all all year as well. What made you draft him? Was it something in the spring? Something you read? Because obviously his numbers weren't great last year. Yeah, it wasn't. It wasn't from last year. It, you know, he pitched pretty good the year before when he came up, but he had, you know, his minor league, you know, resume showed. You know, he had K ability, and you know, his, his command has a chance. To, you know, if it gets under closer to three, that he had upside. So he, you know, he was he was worth a back end flyer based on his talent. I mean, last year he walked ninety guys in one hundred seventy three innings, so that was a big problem. But you know, if his command bounces back, he was going to be a better pitcher. So. You know, his command's better, and, you know, he is showing they can strike out guys when he's throwing more strikes. What are your thoughts on Scott Kingery? You think he can work his way into more at-bats? They played him in the outfield a little bit. Franco struggling at third. Does he get more time? I think he will. I think um, I cut Herrera in a couple – in the 15-team last week. He just wasn't doing anything. And then so I thought Kingery might even steal some playing time there. So I think Kingery gets hot. He's going to work himself into, you know, some outfield playing time. He might at third base, even at second base. So he – you know, he's a guy that looks like he can, he can do stuff when he's in the lineup. So I'd be excited if I had him. And if I, you know, have a chance to hold him, I would, especially in like a deep league. All right, let people know what you got coming out this weekend on Full-Time Fantasy. 
All right, and working on the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you know, got the waiver wire coming up, and uh, you know, basically, we're about uh, you know almost halfway through the, uh, the NFL research uh, teams, and we got another month to go, and then we come up with the projections and stuff, and you know, we can start thinking about drafting after that. Yeah, and I know a lot of people have already started drafting, and uh, I know I'm doing a draft that starts on Tuesday with Doctor Otto, a very unique league. But uh, yes, it is drafting season for sure all right sean well thanks for the time man and uh, enjoy the holiday weekend all right you as well all right again that is sean childs one of the top high stakes players around if you want to get his thoughts and read his opinions and analysis check it out at fulltimefantasy.com as you mentioned the team outlooks for the nfl teams are up houston texans the latest one and he's about to drop the jacksonville jags quick and reading to get you started as you prep to dominate this fantasy football season. When we return, we'll wrap it up, get you an update on the Cubs Reds, and take a look at the lineups for tonight here on Full Time Fantasy. The Fantasy Sports Network is hitting you from all angles with the best fantasy sports and betting analysis. You can catch the latest programming on so many platforms, there's no way you'll miss out on any of the award-winning programming we pump out every single day. You can listen through the FNTSY radio app, iHeartRadio, TuneIn Radio, Stitcher. Download our podcast through iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Audioboom, and you can watch select programming on the FNTSY YouTube channel. The Fantasy Sports Network, your only source for fantasy sports and wagering anytime and anywhere. Lose weight now. Go to fat100.com. Lose that unwanted belly fat today and get free information at fat100.com. Fit in the dress or pants or bathing suits you've always wanted to. Go to fat100.com. Lose 10, 20, or more pounds immediately. Go to fat100.com. For free information on how you can lose weight, go to fat100.com. Fat100.com. That's fat100.com. Are you single? Everyone single is looking for the best date possible. Well, I found one website that can find you the best date, and it's called TheBestDate100.com. Just go there and log in for your free trial and see if you can find your new and maybe last best date. Remember, you can find the best date of your life at TheBestDate100.com. That's TheBestDate100.com. One more time, TheBestDate100.com. Let DailyRoto.com guide you to victory as you swing for the fences playing Daily Fantasy Baseball. Become the eighth Daily Roto lineup optimizer to win $1 million in a FanDuel or DraftKings tournament or become part of the growing community who have won thousands of dollars. If you're playing MLB DFS and not using DailyRoto.com, you're doing it wrong. Enter promo code FNTSY for a 10% discount. The 2019 MLB Daily Roto Premium Package at DailyRoto.com. Use the promo code FNTSY and get your 10% discount today. It's full-time fantasy here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network. Adam Ronis here until 4 p.m. Eastern. You can catch the show live weekdays, 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern. We will be off Monday for Memorial Day, but we'll be back Tuesday in our regular time at 2 p.m. Eastern. So don't worry. Hope you guys enjoy the holiday weekend. And you can put your money where your mouth is and take a shot by opening a sports wagering account with FanDuel, New Jersey's largest sports book. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid where you'll receive a free bet of up to $500. That's a free bet of up to $500 when you open a sports wagering account at FanDuel.com slash grid. 
Point spreads, game totals, props, parlays, and in-game wagering on college and pro sports. And you're in control. Go to FanDuel.com slash grid, open your new account, and claim your free wager of, of, of up to $500 today. So I got back on the winning side yesterday. Went through a little bit of a cold streak in the NBA, but I had the Raptors getting seven. I thought Milwaukee would win the game, but I thought it would be close. And the Raptors prevailed. So they'll look to potentially wrap up the series on Saturday night and get to the NBA Finals against the Warriors. If they lose, we, we get a Game 7 on Memorial Day at night. So that's what I'm hoping. I want a Game 7. I want to see a Game 7 in sports, always exciting. So hoping that we get a Game 7 between the Bucks and the Raptors. Sorry, you Raptors fans out there. Uh, Oscar Mercado is not in the lineup today for the Indians. He has a hip injury. He left yesterday's game after a collision with Leonis Martin, and he left the game. They're saying he's day-to-day, but something to keep an eye on. So he was one of the guys that went in fab last week, and not for a ton of money. He was more on the lower end, especially since people were a little bit concerned about, uh, you know, the playing time. Mike Clevenger threw a bullpen session today, so they're going to wait and see how his back responds, then decide on a potential rehab assignment. He cannot return until June 7th, as they placed him on that 60-day injury list, but June 7th is... Two weeks from today. So, uh, you know, potentially he could be back. I don't know if he'll be back by then. I guess it depends where the rehab starts, how many they want. Uh, but definitely, certainly good news there for my Clevenger owners. And I have them in four leagues at least and in some important leagues. So I uh, cannot wait to get him back. I have him in my home league, uh, the GDD league, which is with a lot of industry people, 15-team league. I have him in NFBC auction. And I have him in the great fantasy baseball invitational, which certainly could use him there. I've been able to stay near the top, but uh, certainly could use him and Aaron Judge back. So two of my first four round picks have been out, uh, been able to survive it so far. But in order to make that push in this very competitive league, I'm going to need those guys back. Uh, James Paxton said he still feels a little bit of pain in his left knee. Uh, He was in an extended spring training game today. He struck out seven, allowed one hit over four innings. But he's still not 100%. Uh, I don't know what you're going to do um, for uh, Paxton, or what they're going to do, because, again, the results are there, but there's more pain. So he said if he comes in tomorrow with more pain than he had walking in today, then they're going to have to do something. Uh, he said if he comes in tomorrow and feels the same, then he's going to have to pitch for now. It's not encouraging, man, because pain's not going to get better. It's only going to get worse when you have to go through physical activity. So not great news there for Paxton owners. And, you know, that was my concern with Paxton this year. He's a dynamic arm. He's great. In years past, eighth, ninth, tenth round, I'll take him. I wasn't taking him in the fourth round this year. Uh, you know, I didn't want to spend a fourth-round pick on a guy that I know is probably not going to throw 150 innings. And I know I've said repeatedly, repeatedly on the show, well, we just have to change our expectations, and a lot of guys are going to throw 150. That's like talking about guys I'm getting in 10th, 11th, 12th. That's like Hinjin Ryu. And I don't even expect 150. I expect, I'm hoping 120, 130. But that's, I'm not, exp- uh, uh, you know, deploying a lot of draft capital there. In the fourth round, I want my guy to have a good shot at 170, 180. And I didn't think that was the case with Paxton. To be fair, I didn't think that was the case with Strasburg either. And so far, he's been healthy. But based on his history, you got to think he's going to hit the injury list at some point. But. 
Um, you know, look, when those guys are on the mound, they're going to be great, but you know, there's always the risk of them missing a month or two. And uh, we're seeing it with Paxton right now. And uh, it's just real discouraging that he still is dealing with this pain in his knee. Uh, it's not a great sign, but we'll see how he feels tomorrow. Let's take a look at some lineups for tonight. Uh, one afternoon game, the Cubs lead the Reds 4-1 to in the top of the fifth inning. Anthony DiSclefani, Anthony DiSclefani starter for the Reds. He's out of the game. Kyle Hendricks uh, has thrown 65 pitches here in the fifth inning. The Marlins are taking on the struggling Nationals. Pablo Lopez against Kyle McGowan. For the Marlins, Curtis Granderson leads it off in left field. Garrett Cooper's in right field batting second. Brian Anderson's at third base hitting third. Neil Walker's at first base hitting cleanup. Starlin Castro, the second baseman, hitting fifth. Harold Ramirez is in center field hitting sixth. Jorge Alfaro, the catcher, hitting seventh. Miguel Rojas at shortstop hitting eighth. And Pablo Lopez on the mound batting ninth. For the Nationals, Trey Turner at short leading off. Adam Eaton's in right, batting second. Anthony Rendon's at third base, hitting third. Juan Soto's in left field, hitting cleanup. Matt Adams at first base, hitting fifth. Brian Dozier's at second base, hitting sixth. Victor Robles in center, hitting seventh. Jan Gomes, the catcher, batting eighth. And McGowan on the mound, batting ninth. The Dodgers in Pittsburgh. It'll be Walker Buehler against Michael Feliz. He'll be the opener with Brault coming in after him. Matt Beattie leads it off playing left field. Justin Turner's at third base, hitting second. Cody Bellinger's in right field, hitting third. Max Muncy's at second base, hitting cleanup. Corey Seager, the shortstop, batting fifth. David Freeze at first base, hitting sixth. Enrique Hernandez in center field, batting seventh. Austin Barnes, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Walker Bueller on the mound, batting ninth. For the Pirates, Adam Frazier leads it off at second base. Starling Marte's in center field, batting second. Gregory Polanco in right field, hitting third. Josh Bell, another home run yesterday. This guy's absolutely tearing it up. He's at first base, hitting cleanup. Brian Reynolds in left field, batting fifth. Uh, so Melky Cabrera not playing today. Colin Moran's at third base, hitting sixth. Elias Diaz, the catcher, hitting seventh. Cole Tucker, the shortstop, hitting eighth. And Michael Feliz on the mound, hitting ninth. The Padres are in Toronto to take on the Blue Jays. And uh, Joey Lucchese against Trent Thornton. For the Blue Jays, Brandon Drury leads it off playing right field. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is at third base, hitting third. Justin Smokes at first base, hitting third. Rowdy Telez, the DH, hitting cleanup. Randall Grichuk in center field, hitting fifth. Freddie Galvis at shortstop, hitting sixth. Lourdes Gurriel, he was also called up. Lourdes Gurriel Jr. is in left field, batting seventh. So he really struggled. We saw him play well last year. It looks like they're going to move him around. Kayvon Biggio is going to be at second base tonight. He will hit eighth, and Danny Jansen, the catcher, Batting ninth for the Blue Jays. For the Rays, they are taking on the Indians. Good pitching matchup here. Blake Snell against Shane Bieber. And Austin Meadows leads it off. He'll be the DH. Tommy Pham's in left field, hitting second. G-Man Choi's at first base, batting third. Avisail Garcia in right field, hitting cleanup. Brandon Lau, the second baseman, hitting fifth. Willie Adams, who started to heat up a little bit recently, He's at shortstop hitting six. Kevin Kiermeyer's in center field batting seventh. Travis Darnell, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Andrew Velasquez, the third baseman, batting ninth for the Rays. For the Indians, Francisco Lindor leading off at short. Jason Kipnis, the second baseman, batting second. Carlos Santana's at first base, hitting third. Jordan Luplo in right field, hitting cleanup. Jose Ramirez at third base, hitting fifth. Roberto Perez, the catcher, hitting sixth. Jake Bowers in left field. Hitting seventh, Eric Haas, the DH, 
hitting eighth, and Leonis Martin in center field, batting ninth. The Tigers in New York to take on the Mets. It'll be Gregory Soto against Noah Syndergaard. For the Tigers, Nico Goodrum plays third base, leads it off. Christian Stewart in left field, batting second. Nicholas Castellanos in right field, hitting third. The Miguel Cabrera is at first base, hitting cleanup. Ronnie Rodriguez at shortstop, hitting fifth. John Hicks at catcher, hitting sixth. Josh Harrison, the second baseman, hitting seventh. Jacoby Jones in center field, hitting eighth. And Gregory Soto on the mound, hitting ninth, as the Tigers just got swept by the Marlins. For the depleted Mets, Ahmad Rosario leads it off playing shortstop. J.D. Davis in left field hitting second. Todd Frazier's at third base hitting third. Pete Alonso, the first baseman, hitting cleanup. Wilson Ramos at catcher hitting fifth. Carlos Gomez in center field hitting sixth. Raja Davis in right field hitting seventh. Denny Hetcheverry at second base hitting eighth. And Noah Syndergaard on the mound hitting ninth. Uh, Michael Conforto said he does feel good, and he could be off the injured list this weekend. So uh, that's something uh, to keep in mind that would certainly help the Mets. The White Sox in Minnesota to take on the Twins. Reynaldo Lopez against Jose Barrios for the White Sox. Charlie Tilson leads it off playing center field. Yuan Moncada is at third base, hitting second. Jose Abreu is at first, hitting third. Wellington Castillo is the catcher, batting cleanup. Eloy Jimenez in left field, hitting fifth. He homered yesterday. Tim Anderson at shortstop, batting sixth. Yonder Alonso, the DH, hitting seventh. Yomer Sanchez at second base inning eighth, and Ryan Cordell in right field batting ninth for the White Sox. Good news here for the Twins. Max Kepler in the lineup. He will be the DH today. He got hurt yesterday, injured his knee in the ninth inning of a 13-run game, and I have Kepler in a lot of leagues, so I was really concerned. I'm like, really, in a blowout? But uh, he is in there today, so good news. Even though it is the DH, uh, he's in the lineup. That's a good sign. By the way, Nelson Cruz is not in the lineup. There was some talk that he could be activated from the injured list today, uh, but he is not in the lineup just yet, so uh, might be another couple days. We'll just have to wait and see. I just hope he's back for Monday. Since I have him in a weekly, I want to get him back in there. Jorge Polanco, the shortstop, batting second. Marwin Gonzalez in right field hitting third. Eddie Rosario in left field hitting cleanup. C.J. Cron at first base hitting fifth. Miguel Sano, who I wrote about in the stock watch, he homered twice yesterday. He's at third base hitting sixth. Jonathan Scope at second base hitting seventh. Jason Castro, the catcher, hitting eighth. And Byron Buxton, who I wrote about a couple days ago, you could also check that article out. He is in center field hitting ninth for the Twins. Uh, the Red Sox are in Houston. It'll be Chris Sale against Wade Miley. The Phillies are in Milwaukee. Gerard Eikhoff against Chase Anderson for the Phillies. Andrew McCutcheon leads it off playing left field. Gene Segura is at shortstop hitting second. He homered yesterday. Bryce Harper looks like he's heating up. I've seen some good at-bats out of him. Uh, he's in right field batting third. Reese Hoskins, he's been in a big slump lately. He's in first base hitting cleanup. JT Romito, the catcher, hitting fifth. Cesar Hernandez at second base inning six. Scott Kingery, who we talked about, he's in center field batting seventh, and he's been getting opportunity to play. I do think, he, especially he's better at daily formats because you know when he's in the lineup you can put him in. But I, I think there's some value here in weekly leagues. You know, he might only get four to five games a week, but you know this is a couple starts now in center field since he came off as Odubel Herrera struggling. Maybe you see him at third base with Mikel Franco struggling as well. So definitely something. Uh, here for Kingery, for sure. He's at uh, center field hitting seventh. Mikel Franco's at third base hitting eighth. And Eikhoff on the mound hitting ninth. The Yankees are in Kansas City 
Chad Green will be the opener and take on Jacob Junis for the Royals with Merrifield and right field leading off. Nicky Lopez is at second base, hitting second. Adalberto Montes is at shortstop, hitting third. Alex Gordon's in left field, hitting cleanup. Hunter Dozier's at third base, hitting fifth. Jorge Soler, the DH, hitting sixth. Ryan O'Hearn's at first base, hitting seventh. Martin Maldonado is the catcher, hitting eighth. And Billy Hamilton's in center field, hitting ninth for the Royals. The Braves are in St. Louis to take the Cardinals. Mike Fulton-Newich against Miles Michaelis. For the Cardinals, they have switched up their lineup. Dexter Fowler is leading off in right field. He's actually been playing well. You know, I have him in a couple leagues that I've been using him over the last few weeks. You know, it looked bleak. looked like he might lose some playing time. He got off to the slow start, but he's been playing well. Uh, so he leads it off today. Paul Goldschmidt at first base, hitting second. Paul DeYoung at shortstop, hitting third. Marcelo Zunas cleanup in left field. Matt Carpenter dropped from the one spot to the five. He's at third base, hitting fifth. Yadier Molina is the catcher, hitting sixth. Colton Wong's at second base, hitting seventh. Harrison Bader's in center field, hitting eighth. So no Jose Martinez in the lineup today. And Miles Michaelis is on the mound, batting ninth. Uh, the Rockies are hosting the Orioles. John Means on the mound for the Orioles. The Rangers will be in Anaheim taking on the Angels. It'll be Drew Smiley against Griffin Canning. The Mariners in Oakland. It'll be Wade LeBlanc against Daniel Mengden. And the Diamondbacks in San Francisco will be Robbie Ray against Drew Pomerantz. So we got a lot of night baseball tonight, a lot of West Coast baseball. Uh, we do have a lineup here for the Padres now. Greg Garcia leads it off playing third base. Fran Mill Reyes in right field, hitting second. Manny Machado is at shortstop, hitting third. Eric Hosmer at first base, hitting cleanup. Hunter Renfro's in left field, hitting fifth. Josh Naylor recently called up. He's the DH, hitting sixth. Will Myers in center field, hitting seventh. Ian Kinsler's at second base, hitting eighth. And Austin Hedges is the catcher, hitting ninth for the Padres. Uh, again, as they... Uh, Bring up Naylor, and I think it is because they're in American League Park for six days, so he'll get an opportunity to DH, and who knows? Maybe he impresses enough and maybe gets to stick. You you never know. Uh, we've seen it with these prospects. You come up and you hit, you usually produce. Uh, let's take a look real quickly at some uh, two-star pitchers for next week. I'm working on that article now. Some teams still haven't announced everything, but uh, for next week, you know, there's uh, obviously some uh, – Pretty obvious guys near the top. Uh, Garrett Cole's got two starts next week. He's uh, home to the Cubs and at Oakland. Jacob DeGrom is at the Dodgers, home to Arizona. Zach Grinke, he's got that start in Coors Field to open the week. Then he's home against the Mets. I mean, it's really tough to, to bench him. I know it's the Coors Field factor. Rich Hill is pretty much a lock. I mean, the only issue with him is, you know, injuries, and he's healthy right now. He's home to the Mets, home to the Phillies. Clayton Kershaw. He's been pitching great. You know, I had some doubts about him going in the air, but he's been phenomenal. He's home to the Mets, home to the Phillies. Max Scherzer is home to Miami at Cincinnati. Obviously not getting the run support. Then you got the guys where you're thinking about it. Chris Bassett, he's home to the Angels and home to Houston. So not the easiest matchups. He's pitched well. He's coming off a bad outing. We're probably going to use him in 15-team leagues. Yanni Chirino's home to the Blue Jays. Home to Minnesota now again. There'll be an opener in front of him. Uh, Lucas Giolito, lock and load, man. He's home to Kansas City, home to Cleveland. Uh, those are great matchups, and he's been dominant. So uh, definitely get him in there. And if he's available, again, even in 10-12 team league, Adam. 
Marco Gonzalez, home to Texas, home to the Angels. So he'll be in there. Gio Gonzalez is kind of tough at Minnesota, at Pittsburgh. Uh, the Minnesota one is tough, uh, so kind of dicey with him. Cole Hamels has two tough matchups this week, but uh, I'm going to roll with him. You know, if you got him in a 15-team league, you got to pitch him. At Houston, at St. Louis, definitely not easy. Jordan Lyles at Sensi, home to Milwaukee. I think you could use him. Steven Matz at the Dodgers, home to Arizona. Uh, Rick Porcello, home to Cleveland at the Yankees. He's been very good, man. Uh, he's pitched at least six innings and six straight starts. Uh, so the Yankees start is tough. But uh, if you've gotten this forward, Porcello, I think you're going to roll with him. Uh, but there's a lot more two-star pitchers. So I will have that article up probably sometime tomorrow at the worst Sunday. So you can check that out as you prepare for your fab weekend. Check me out, fulltimefantasy.com. Got the stock watch and head it over to playfwc.com this weekend. Hop in a draft. Get started early. Hope you guys have a great weekend. We'll be back Tuesday, 2 p.m. Eastern here on the Fantasy Sports Radio Network.